And uh, then I casted Smite, and uh, I won the game. Oh, man. I wish my Smites worked like that. Yeah, mine... Uh, <laughs> actually, they don't. Uh, not against the new Custodes, because uh, oh. they pretty much get a four-up against everything, so nothing works against them. So not our Bolters, not our Smites, nothing. So you just pretty much lose. That's yeah, all we can do. Uh, no, actually, uh, you know, I played into Custodes this weekend. I played into the new Tau this weekend. Um, we've got new missions to talk about. I was using or playing some of the new missions. Um, so we've got a lot we can jump into, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, Chapter Approved didn't have the most stuff in there for Thousand Suns. Really, there was nothing. It was <laughs> nothing. pretty much You nothing. get nothing sir good day <laughs> uh, but i mean oh, come on you, that that should not have been a surprise to anybody i mean the, the codex came out what october september something something like that sure, sure, and sure. right so around the, then the codex isn't that old. All right, all right. so i'm trying to be reasonable <laughs> here i mean i'm, I'm still I'm, yeah. I'm trying to hide my my angst over the fact that we haven't gotten uh, uh some help even though we're going to need some help but i guess we're going to have to wait until what like august july or august or something like that for that i mean i expect somewhere in the next whenever we'll get like an army of renown in one of these campaign books and then it'll be okay maybe but it'll be an army of renown for like cult of i don't know not duplicity (laughs) <laughs> or time yeah it's uh at least competitively duplicity is pretty much the uh the place where everybody's gonna be i mean even looking at the the, the lvo stats that happened in january uh you know most of the lists that were there were all duplicity uh i think it was mm-hmm. something like 80 percent of the lists that were there were duplicity or something more than that or they they had duplicity in it mm-hmm. so you know that's that kind of tells you where where the codex is. I mean, it's not to say that the other cults are bad. They just, you know, there is an optimal cult for playing the missions, and in a in an army where movement is not our strong suit, yeah, it, it plugs the hole pretty nicely. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm you know what? Quite frankly, I I think from a competitive standpoint, I'm okay with that because it makes it real easy to look at the army and know how they're doing. Yeah. Um, but the, the bigger kind of broader problem we have is that we've got maybe a couple units that are good right now. Uh, Scarab occult terminators are obviously the main thing that everybody's using. Um, and really it's just kind of a matter of, are you running 20 or 30 at this point? Um, most of the lists that were at, um, LVO. Huh. So 96% of the lists that were at LVO had at least 10 terminators in, in the, in the list and of those uh like six of those lists which is about 20 percent uh just over 20 percent of them had over 20 terminators so you're 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 basically at a point where it's like we're getting pushed harder and harder and harder into what's good and taking more and more of it um i am a little bit surprised that we're seeing more zangors um but i, I mean I don't know how else to put it other than the fact that we're we're a limited codex dealing with 
a meta that really pushes us into really limited options um, and, and, you know, not having re-rolls on, on certain units and, you know, other units like Magnus having very, very bad rules. Um, you know, it, it, it just kind of makes it so that you're unfortunately just kind of forced into, you know, how many Terminators do you want today, sir? Yeah. Amusing observation actually on the uh, conversation of Terminators. Terminators are actually the more point-sufficient option when compared to rubrics. They are. Because you need two rubrics to get the same amount of firepower as a Terminator. Mm -hmm. The rubrics do not have close combat attacks, and the Terminator has a native two-up save. Otherwise, they're identical. So you're actually saving two points. You get one fewer wound, but does that really matter? I think if it wasn't for the fact that you could load up on Soul Reaper cannons and maybe kind of the side argument you could make is Cabal points from the icons, uh, I, I would think at this point you could just basically take as many Terminators as possible, like 30 of them, and then just as many either Zangors or Cultists as you want for your troop choices um, and just go to town with that. Yeah. But, um... I mean, the the, the really more interesting thing here, just kind of touching on LVO. Um, there were a couple folks that did really, really good. Um, one almost make the top, made the top eight. Uh, Simon Edwards uh, came in and he, he had his uh, 20 Terminator list and he was doing really good over in uh, the UK. And then just all of a sudden came into LVO and basically won the, um, the trophy. Um, the, the, the really interesting thing is when you look at our matchups into um, opposing armies against Jukari. Now, now, mind you, this is before chapter approved. So we're dealing with Thick City. And for those listening who don't know what Thick City is, uh, it's basically with Dark Eldar, you're taking lots and lots of stuff that gets a high toughness, uh, a lot of wounds. They have an invuln. They have a feel no pain. Uh, and then they have like transhuman or, or one other, I think it's like, my, my, no, sorry, minus one damage on a lot of the stuff coming in. So what happens is you're, everything that you have, the idea is everything just bounces off them and they just basically slowly march across, across the table like death cards should, but they do it way better and they just march across the table and there's nothing you can do about it. And they basically just own the board and you, and you die and they don't. I mean, um, the, the difference there is that death guard <laughs> kind of hits like a wet sack of noodles. In yeah. Comparison. Yeah. Whereas those uh, Talos are packing some heavy firepower. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and, and the, it, well, they're not going to be any more. Well, with chapter yeah. proved, you're not going to have the dark technomancer buff. So it, it's really, you're either going to, I think most people are in that, in the point changes and, and losing core, you're pretty much just not going to see, I think, dark Eldar go heavy into those things anymore. You might still see them sure. on the table, but I think they'll, they'll probably load up now on grotesques or as Manny Chima showed us, you know, you can take what, he had something like 175 mandrakes and just, I mean, good luck. Here's just a ton of Wait, bodies and here we go. You mean racks? Racks. Yeah. Sorry. Racks. Yeah. It's like, not mandrakes. I'm, I'm, I don't play the army. So forgive me. Sure. Sure. 
but yeah, but, a bunch of T four, yeah, like invuln save bodies with the feel no pain. Yeah, that's really really tough to get through. Um, yeah. So to to prove a point, all of the Thousand Suns lists at LVO uh, of all the matches, there were sixteen matches. Uh, Thousand Suns armies in those matches won exactly one game, one game out of sixteen matches against Ducari at LVO, one game. Yeah. Against Grey Knights, we had fourteen matches. Thousand Suns armies won exactly three games in those matchups. Yeah. Uh, against Tyranids, uh, there were nine game. Uh, sorry, eleven games, and Thousand Suns won two of them. Versus the Crusher, the Stampede, Stampede yes. thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> against. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember when that thing came out. Like, yeah, people say it's okay. It's like. No, you, you don't understand. <laughs> this is going to ruin your day. <laughs> this is real bad. This is really, really oh, bad, man. guys. Uh, against uh, Custodes. Uh, I'm saving the best stat for last, by the way, Mike, because I know you, been, oh. you, you, play, you play Craft World, so I've got a nice saucy stat for you there. Oh, uh, but Custodes, the new Custodes, they were in effect. Uh, three and eight against Custodes. Um, against Imperial Knights, one and three. Uh, and I think most of the others were pretty mixed in there. I mentioned Grey Knights. Uh, we didn't do good against Guard either. Uh, but there, a lot of these other ones, they're just the, – the sample size was so small. Like three games, that, a lot of that can just kind of yeah. – to, to who you're playing and where you're playing, what mission and all that kind of stuff and the list you're facing. But when you have something like 1 in 15 against Dark Elder, um, 3 in 11 against Grey Knights, um, you know – what is it? Three and eight against custodies. These are trends, right? And then you even look at orcs, two and 12 into orcs. These are things that I look at and say, okay, if you're going to tell me that these armies are okay, these armies at the top, they're okay. Then what about the rest of the, uh, the field here? Like this is, everything else seems to be pretty, pretty okay. Um, except for, for craft worlds, which as I, gleefully want to share that it, we were 8-0 against Craft Worlds. 100% oh, yeah. win rate against Craft Worlds. So suck it, yeah. guys. No, the, the, all the uh, good Craft World lists at the moment are abysmal in the Thousand Suns. It is yep. kind of yep. hilarious how bad they are. But at least Let's I can look at that and just go, that. hey, you, you don't have your codex yet. So it's like, it's sure, okay. Sure. I can say, look, it's okay. Necrons, I mean... I feel hey, bad yeah. for Necrons. They keep getting buffs and it's like nothing's working. Like at some point, GW, you have to say, we screwed the pooch on this. Right? Yeah, like, Necrons. They, they, they tried to double down on all their like fancy new expensive Scorpec units and they can't do the job. They, yeah. But they don't want to buff the, the actual meat and bones of the army. And so it's just. You, you can't win. Yeah, and and then you and then you get to stuff like um, you know what do you call it? Um, you get to stuff like demons, and demons are sitting here with a codex that came out at the very beginning of Eighth Edition, was hands down the worst codex of all of Eighth Edition, oh, yeah. no and good. they're still suffering through it. And I mean, th- there's no even rumor that, that they're going to see their codex in the next six months or so. So you have demons like demons or. 
have been in a bad spot since fifth edition. Let me tell I'll you. Th- uh, I'll throw a bone out there that look, Disciples of Bellacor is okay. It, it it can be put on the table in a competitive setting, and a good player could take it and do pretty well with it. Sure, but, but at that point, you're not playing pure demons, though. You're playing Bellacor Army of Renowned Soup. I agree, and I feel the same way against uh, with Crusher Stampede, where you're not you're playing a special form of Tyranids. You're not actually playing like the Tyranid Codex at that point. Yeah. Right? Now, so, I will say that I am glad to see Nidzilla actually on the table again. It is cool. As much it as cool. back when I was a little newblit playing my my box of guardians and the farseer getting crushed by everyone midzilla was horrifying to play against it's they've had a rough time yeah all of eighth edition big bugs were terrible and now yeah. they're good now they're really beyond good yeah. um but uh, I, I i don't know what they're going to do with the heritin um uh, my sense tells me that they're going to give it the fire raptor treatment like they did in eighth edition and if you don't remember, the, the Fire Raptor is a Forge World model that has just amazing, it's a flying aircraft that has amazing amount of shooting. And they kind of screwed up on the amount of points that it was in the early bits of 8th edition. And there were lists that just ran like three of them and Gilliman. And it was just, yep. it was brutal. Uh, I, mean, I feel I... like they're going to do the same, same thing that they did to fix the Fire Raptor, which is just, okay, we're going to immediately jack the points up so high that yeah. you can't do anything with it. And then we'll wait until the next one and we'll come back and actually figure out, okay, how many points should this thing be? And should we mess with the profile and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, they, uh, all of the super, the sort of the weird super heavies got hit hard like that after um, that triple fire after list, like all the other super heavies were like a thousand points, but just mm-hmm. couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, what are y'all doing? Um, but yeah, I expect the heritage to probably get hit. Not as part of an FAQ, but during the next chapter approved, um, when they update the Forge more points again, they'll if it's the new Nids Codex is out by then, they'll mm-hmm. probably adjust it then. And it is already a really difficult thing to, to... In some missions, it's actually really funny because when you have Dawn of War, your deployment zone is literally too small for the heritage to fit in. Um, and they, they yep. what GW did was they added rules recently that they or in the if you look at the beginning of your your new mission packet essentially, it's baked in there. Um, and what it basically says is when you're when you're deploying armies in a in a tournament setting um, or using the the match play missions that come in the uh, the chapter approved book, uh, if your model over literally can't be deployed in your z- deployment zone without it overhanging the table or overhanging the zone, it literally has to sit there for a whole turn and do yep. nothing, which is yep. kind of like, well, you know what? Against other armies, you're basically, if you go second, you're taking two rounds of fire on that thing, and it's probably gone because it's not getting obscured. Um, and despite all its buffs and all its wounds and all that stuff, there are lists that will take that thing out that fast. Yeah, so, I mean, the only thing you can do is put it in a reserve. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it at that point. So, yeah, all things considered, um, hats off to the guys at LVO. Um, you know, yeah, that's a hard venue to play at. There uh, were two of them that did five and one, and then we had a whole slew of people that even you know, the the first day or so, it looked like they were struggling a bit and. There were a few folks that made it, I think, like three and zero through the first day, and um, and then the the beginning of the second day it was kind of like okay, people just took their losses, um, 
but then towards the end, it was kind of like, no, you know, they, they were hanging in there and they were winning matches. And, you know, we had two folks five and one, and we had one guy like nearly, nearly, nearly make the top eight. Um, and seriously hats off, like almost making the top eight with thousand sons at LVO. That is a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, that yeah. is, that is really like you, you work for that one, especially the fact that that guy, um, and, and I really apologize that I don't have the guy's name, um, in front of me. I think he was using a, um, an alias for, for BCP. Um, but he is the only person he, he gets the credit. He is the only person that beat Drukari. The only piece person at LVO that beat Drukari. And he got to the, uh, nearly got to the top eight. So I would say uh, he, he definitely deserved that. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I mean, across the board, I think we were, we were pretty balanced. Um, just kind of breaking down some of the lists and how they did. Um, the really interesting thing is, Mike, um, you would think lists that have Magnus would not do very well, but they were all within, you know, the, the ones that were like, hey, I've just got Terminators and Magnus, um, those were at about a 41% win rate. Um, but, you know, it's they weren't too far off. It was like 7 and 10. So, you know, that surprises me that they, were, that they weren't doing worse. That actually was a lot better than I expected. Um, the list that had uh, Terminators, uh, uh, Volkite Contemptors, and Magnus, uh, those fared a little bit better. Uh, but obviously those lists wouldn't have enough points with all that stuff to be able to load up on Terminators. They're probably only talking about like two squads of five or a squad of 10 or something like that. I also do want to mention that there is one madman from Iceland who decided to show up with 30 Terminators. And I think it was like three Volkut Contemptors. It was just like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and, he did, and the dude went four and two. So, I mean, that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. 30 Terminators, 30 Scarabacult Terminators. That's pretty I awesome. Mean, that is a, somebody who knows exactly what they want to play and has <laughs> no compunctions about playing it. It's that Ron Swanson, uh, I know what I'm about, son. Yep. And it's My hat's Terminators. off to that crazy Icelandic <laughs> fella. Uh, aside from that, uh, I mean, there really aren't any other big stats to really point out from LVO. It was kind of, you know, as a whole kind of disappointing, but I'm not shocked. I mean, we're not we're not playing a codex that is like, yeah. going to vie for a win at LVO. You're really playing within your your faction and against the other factions that are there. And you're really trying to pull off kind of like what these guys did where you get a five and one, um, mm -hmm. you know, just a really, really exceptional performance. So, yep. Uh, aside from that, um, in the new missions, we can probably transition. That's a good, good point oh, to man. talk about the new stuff because this book, yeah, there's a lot going on here, man. So, yeah, I mean, I think the one thing I've really keyed in on is well, two things, really. Uh, the changes to list building. So mm, yeah, that's big, a very good point. Big change. So no longer are we going to be able to go cult of time and cult of duplicity, right? That's the obvious thing. I think everybody yeah, kind of for tournament games. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, we're we're kind of talking within the within the realm of okay, look, this is the. I know there's a lot of people that use this mission pack, even when they're just playing their casual games. It's kind of like, look, if you want to play like semi-serious games or serious games, this is the format you play. Uh, and if you're playing this, what they've done is they basically said you have to have one sub-faction. And that sub-faction you choose now applies to your entire army. What's interesting about that, Mike, is it doesn't prevent you from souping two sub-factions from different factions. So like 
Death Guard and Thousand Suns. You can still take Ult of Duplicity with, um, you know, Death Guards, I don't know, whoever. The, the I forget their sub-factions that are in there. I don't care. Yeah. It's Death Guard. Um, but you, you can still do stuff like that. You obviously lose your mono-faction bonuses from both armies, uh, mm-hmm. but you're not prevented from doing that. What you are prevented from doing now is you can't mix cults. Now, it hurts us, I think, because we it does break down some options where you can't soup in these other cults where I think we were seeing some of those options taken obviously more than we're going to see them now. I think everybody is pretty much just going to go, well, we're on team duplicity now. Uh, but I think the, the point was that they had to do that to fix Dark Elder. And unfortunately to do that, to, if they were to punish Dark Elder that way and say, look, this is how that goes. You're also punishing uh, you're, you're punishing the army kind of almost singling them out that way with that kind of rule. And I can kind of understand if it's much easier for them to just say, look, if there's a chance with these new codex coming, codexes coming out that we might still have the same kind of problems like they had with Dark Eldar, uh, where they're just souping their sub-factions that way. And to, to make it just one sub-faction prevents that from being a problem across the board. It's unfortunate that our codex, as well as all the other codexes that came out before this change, were obviously all designed under the guise of that being that being possible that you could mix the sub factions so uh, i mean once again it kind of is a is a i, I don't know how to say it it's kind of like where it's a poor, not a poor rule design because i don't think the thousand I, again i don't want to say that the thousand suns codex is poorly designed it's not uh it's just that there are some things that were probably undertuned because they were worried about them maybe being a little bit too strong and in hindsight, they probably didn't need to worry about that. And now there's no way to fix it, right? The only thing they can do now is really just change points. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the unfortunate spot of where we're at. But anyways, we're now stuck with one cult. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it sucks for, for us as Thousand Sons. However, I would say... Of the games of Ninth I've played, both before and after the new Codex, one of my biggest complaints would be people showing up to a game with a beautifully painted army in whatever color scheme that they want Mm -hmm. and say that, okay, these models are this, these models are that. It's like, guys, I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to be able to keep track of that. I'm not going to be able this. to keep track of that. Exactly. And so I'd get frustrated because I was like, wait, I thought those models were that and those models were that. It's like, no, no, no. These models are this. Like, yep. I, I, I can't, like, yeah. I, I couldn't keep track of it. It's like, okay, well, whatever. Um, That's a good point. And so for like quality of like life or like the display, being able to play the game and understand what's going on, I think this is a good change. It, it mm-hmm. sucks that we sort of caught the short end of the stick here, but we have to live and adapt. Um, yeah. Even if it sucks. Yep, yep. Now, they did make some good... Um, we could probably talk about some of the secondaries because they apply to every mission. Um, oh, they yeah. some pretty good changes in here. 
Not not getting to the, the missions. I like the new missions. I think those are We'll fun. get there. We'll get there. Um, I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me is we'll get to our area, which is the Warpcraft ones. Uh, psychic interrogation to me just that one I've even used that now for two games and it is fantastic especially when you have an army kind of like custodies very very good against custodies Uh, you're going to spend a lot of your time beating all the stuff before you get to their characters Uh, they're not moving very fast Uh, probably very good against death guard too Uh, when they're not going to move fast uh, but they are going to kind of have a a character in there you know being escorted by whatever other stuff they have just like we do Uh, but what it lets you do is basically just I mean, they get within 24 and boom, there you go. And, you know, you can you can use something like Seeker After Shadows, the Warlord trait on something to, on, to give you that 3D6 pick the highest uh, so that you don't have to burn ritual points to make it undeniable. Um, and that way you can do other stuff with it. Like you might, you know, have another power that you can use that's really important and spend it there. Um, you know, I've, I've been kind of looking at that as, as kind of a nice little, you know, combo there uh, lately. But what sticks out to you? Well, they, I don't know. I read through these uh, when I bought the book. Um, I think they made some changes to bring it down, mm-hmm. which seem less punishing to, or easier to score the higher uh, victory points on it. Um, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, yeah, and you're uh, basically... The, the, the big thing, though, I liked is that they threw the codexes that haven't gotten a sort of the yes. codexes a bone. Yes. With that, they gave everyone, every codex, a sort of a preview of uh, a stratagem from their, their codex. Yeah. I mean, most of these seem pretty decent. Uh, based yeah. on what I could see. Yeah, and I like that it gives them something that they can do to, to kind of hold the, you know, almost just tread water against everybody else having these special circ- uh, secondaries, which just, it's almost unfair to them, like Chaos Space Marines. It's just, it gets to the point where it's kind of, it's already unfair that they don't have two wounds, but now you're now you're kind of throwing insult to injury here, the fact that you've got these special secondaries where, you know, ha ha ha, I can just walk around and just, you know, warp ritual or uh, uh, mutate landscape, all these objectives yeah. and these are easy secondaries for me when it's, you know, they don't have anything that where they could say, well, this is what I could do. You know, they yep. they deserve that. So Exactly. Uh, actually, one thing I really liked, they nerfed the crap out of Rod. Yeah. Retrieve Octarius data has been changed to Retrieve Nachman data. The big difference here is that bikes can now do this thing. However, mm-hmm. In or- after you complete the uh, the action, it doesn't get complete automatically. You have to roll and uh, get below the unit size. Yep. Yeah. So it's and you get a bonus. So you get minus yeah, one to your troops. roll. You, so the idea is you want to roll low. Think leadership. Yeah. And if you're a troops, uh, if you're a troops battlefield roll you get minus one to your roll so or whatever you roll so if you think of it like you have a five-man troops unit or bigger and you roll 1d6 like it's automatically going to pass for troops um unless you've lost units in 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 the in the squad um but then once you get to like a very good example is like 
10 Terminators now, or Scarab Occult Terminators, with the Automata upgrade that lets them do an action and shoot. Uh, well, yes, you give up your psychic power, but you can basically sit, come in from Deep Strike, come in, rod in the corner, and then you can just sit there and light stuff up if you want to. And, you know, chances are those guys are going to be, you know, those 10 Terminators are going to be alive. Or even later in the game, you've still got, you know, six or seven Terminators. That's still very viable for you to um, to succeed with. So, you know, I I don't think it's as nerfed as it maybe reads. And for other armies, it probably is. Like the really janky stuff where you have like three models that come in from reserves. Oh, or, yeah. I mean, so... I guess what the the main thing I'm getting at is a lot of these um, secondaries, they've been tweaked in order to prevent what I would consider cheese strategies, where Mm -hmm. you drop a single throwaway model into a far-flung section of the table in order to score free objectives. I mean, hell, I've used that strategy myself. Yeah. Um, well, you and have so, your you have your apostles following your your or oh, your yeah, your acolytes following your dark apostle. Like, what else are they going to do? Hey, I guess I'll ride with those. Yeah, Why or uh, harlequins. You could do the thing where you take the three characters mm-hmm. and sit teleport them each to a section of the table uh-huh. and just turn one, two, three, bam! Scored your uh, three rod points for the difficult quarters, and now you just have to get your own. I wonder if, uh, well, I thought in the previous one you couldn't do it with characters. I think Rod was non-character. I thought it was infantry. It was was infantry, but it was non-character infantry in the previous version, I think. So I don't know if you could have, not to be Debbie Downer here for you, Mike. You get my point, though. I get your point. There are plenty of units that could do that. The main thing is that they seem to be uh, trying to force people to actually dedicate section important sections of your army to actually do actions as opposed or, to just sort of building in chaff. Yeah, or or it makes the upgrades and the stratagems that you have that let you do that a little bit more valuable now. Like maybe I consider that automata upgrade now. Um, yeah. Especially if the fact that, hey, you know, 20 Terminator seems to be becoming the baseline for a Thousand Suns list, so you know, if if I'm going to put the the rights of coalescence on one, I might as well the the automata upgrade on the other. And now they can actually do something special. And I have one that can come in, do an action, and shoot. Uh, and the yeah. great thing is, is uh, it makes rod. I think it makes rod a little bit more viable for us than it was. Uh, yeah. You know, I just my own my own take, and just from playing a couple missions this weekend. Um, I, the other thing I think most people are probably already uh, familiar with the changes to no prisoners, uh, where you get bonus points now. Um, so yeah. you're, I think what you're basically looking for, um, I think you look at this when you start to see uh, your opposing army has like a hundred, a hundred or more wounds in like non-monster vehicle or characters. So like um, the Dark Elder list that's like 175 racks. Yeah, no prisoners makes a lot of sense there. That's a lot of wounds there. And you might, you're going to have to kill them, so you might as well get points for it. Um, I think yeah. those situations just will be so obvious that that's when you'll do it. Um, I know that some people like to take no prisoners against Thousand Suns now because they, um, it's better than um, Abhor the Witch, 
because you don't have to kill the whole unit. You actually get points for the models. Uh, so yeah. if you only partially kill a Terminator unit, uh, you're getting points for all those wounds. But the other thing to think about is a 10-man Terminator unit is three points. In a Poor the Witch, it's only two points. So you're getting more points for the units that you kill um, rather than what you get in a Boar the Witch. So I think, I think there's still kind of like a, a weird misalignment there between those two. Um, but, you know, here nor there, um, a lot of the other ones are still the same. Like, I think Warp Ritual is still the same. I'm pretty sure Pierce the Veil is pretty similar. I, Warp Ritual yeah. is interesting, but... In most games where Warp Ritual makes sense, Mutate Landscape's going to make more sense. Uh, just just yeah. in most cases. And, and Mutate gives you that higher ceiling. So, Yeah, the nice thing about Mutate is that it does, you, you're, it's flexible. You can use a variety of different psychers to achieve it as opposed to right. you have just the one guy in the middle. Just, that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they also okay. did they tweak knights, right? They uh, changed how their objective secured thing works. Yeah, that so was the, part of the that uh, went, thing they put out. that came in uh, for the Austin event, actually the GW oh. Austin event. That was part of the preview. Uh, so those rules were were released digitally before the Austin GW event. Um, and we saw knights kind of have a really big influx. Um, I don't know what happened at LVO. I think there were a lot of knights that showed up to GW and they did really good in Austin and it was really a pain for a lot of people to deal with. And then it's kind of like nothing's happened since then. Uh, I still think knights are good. They haven't had anything happen or change to their rules that really kind of hurt them at all. Yeah. So, well, I guess we can move on to the missions a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. They they've overhauled almost all of them at this point. They did. Uh, and the, I guess the big thing is that now in, you no longer have secondaries for each mission. Uh, now what they've done is they've they've scaled back the amount of points you get for your primaries, and they've made the secondaries for each mission kind of like a bonus that you get for each mission. Um, so an example is kind of like, hey, if you plant and diffuse explosives, um, you know, you get a, you know, a bonus point or something like that, depending on what you do. Um, three of the missions actually have an action, which is kind of interesting. Um, I think in larger tournament formats, uh, I think those are going to play a little bit more of a role for people where they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to have some, uh, some form of action uh, element built into their lists. Uh, if they are just to play like an order, like one, two, three, four, five, six, that's 50% of the, uh, the missions there are going to have an action in them. Um, I also think they've scaled back the number of missions that actually are hold to hold more. Uh, I believe only two of them now are hold to hold more. Uh, and that is uh, data scry salvage and tied to conviction. Uh, both of those are, uh, and and the interesting thing is both of those also have missions or actions to them. So yeah. Um, the so, other thing I found interesting about the some of these new missions is the mission rules for them sort of modify the way that mm -hmm. you get your CP back. Mm -hmm. 
So like which, the, the first one recovered with the relics. Yeah. If you don't control an objective in your diplo- opponent's territory, uh, you don't get your bonus command point at the beginning of the command phase. That's right. That's right. And and what's interesting but, about that is that actually makes infiltrating much more valuable. Much more valuable. So Risen Rubricade becomes very valuable where you might have to say, hey, I need to um, infiltrate my rubrics and then go take that, uh, take the objective that's, um, I don't think it's in their, in their opponent's deployment yeah, so zone. It's like in their territory. In their right? territory. So there right. would be, for this one, there would be two that are in sort of the no man's land in their territory. Yep. And then you score an additional bonus command point if you control the one in their deployment zone. Yeah, now that's harder to do. But oh, sure. I definitely um, like it. I think if but, you, you uh, manage to pull that off, you deserve an extra command point at least. Yeah, but really what this speaks to me is that they're trying to make the game more interactive again. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we've been seeing this last year that as much as I understand why it's the case, and I used to play those lists all the time, it's very frustrating when everyone is playing these non-interactive, like, I'm going to score my objectives by interacting with you as little as possible. Um, now, I literally you, am not going to kill anything in your yes, army. I don't care. I, I'm just yep. blocking you and scoring objectives, and that's it. Yeah. So now with these things, it makes it a little harder to do that mm-hmm. um, because they're sort of driving uh, players to have to sort of interact with each other. With the sort of the small tweaks that they've made with the scoring secondaries and these new mission rules. And another thing that's interesting in some of these missions is they've um, they have certain things. Uh, two of them, at least, have uh, I guess you could call them sticky objectives. And this is where if you hold yeah. an objective, uh, you can walk off the objective and you still control it. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's interesting is they've changed it so that it only applies to OPSEC units. Yes. So what's that actually is pretty big because you, you're now doubling down on, if you, if you look at thousand suns, it works really good for thousand suns. Terminators are OPSEC. We're taking lots of terminators. Uh, Zangors and rubrics are OPSEC. You know, regardless of what you take there, those are going to work really good. Uh, So that definitely plays into our favor. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. I mean, what most of them. Most of them are. I mean, the general sense of most of the missions, like the scouring, for instance, it, they're generally still the same. It's a great mission, um, but now you actually the the scanning objectives is a bonus, and you can get up to three points. That kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I do think the missions are give you the points you'd be missing. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, so I'll say this: um, looking at like what makes sense on these missions, in most cases, you're going to be wanting to take mutate landscape. I think that that should be your first look. Um, it, it, there's basically two thousand sun secondaries which tend to show up. Um, I know everybody looks at this different. The way I size this up is. In most cases, you want to be looking at mutate as your first thousand sun secondary. It definitely makes sense on the first one because you can easily rack up nine points very quickly. Um, I think you can probably rack up fifteen without having to really stretch into your opponent's control area. 
Um, I think the same probably goes for mission number 13, uh, where you can, you know, you can easily get three, but I think you can, you can max that relatively easy. Same goes for mission number 31. Um, and that kind of played out for me in my, in my games this past weekend. Um, you know, I think I played two out of those three I just mentioned. And in all, I think in both of those, I scored, uh, very highly with, uh, with mutate, um, on the on the flip side, I want Burn Empires to be good. Uh, I've I've tried like heck the past year to make it work, uh, but I think there's only one mission where it's even worth a look. Um, you might look at the first mission uh, because you've got the objectives right outside your zone. Uh, the other one is potentially mission twenty three, which is the scouring. Uh, you might look at that one. I think the scouring is the only one where it possibly makes sense because your early your easy achievable points which is about eight points with burn uh that outsizes your easy amount of points or it's real close to your probable amount of points that you're going to get out of mutate which probably you're probably looking at about six to nine points out of mutate on that one uh, but with burn you can probably guarantee about eight just because the number of objectives available to you there are not quite as many um, and depending on how you play that match, you, you know, you could probably consider that maybe you could get to 15 there. Um, I don't think any of them really for warp ritual. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at warp ritual lately where I'd rather just take mutate instead of warp ritual. Like, like I maybe mentioned earlier. Yeah. It just, it's easier to be able to just say, look, I'm going to mutate on this objective. I don't have to do it with a character. I can do, use my rubric Marines. It, it, it's just warp rituals, just a little bit too restrictive. I don't have to go put my neck out either in the middle. So, and I'm not capped at just 12 points. I can get to 15. So aside from that though, I think, uh, you know, I think the general consensus is, I mean, the missions are great. I like them. I don't think any of yeah. them really, it might be too early, but I don't think any of them really stick out to me. Like this is a problem. I like the move to like four points for holding one, four points for holding more and four points. Like you're capped at 12 for primaries there. I, I like that. And then giving that extra three points oh, on hey. those missions to, you know, the bonuses. I just so. uh, noticed something actually. What's up? The, uh, Mission maps actually provide the proper measurements for the diagonals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they added that, didn't they? They did. That's actually a nice quality of life feature. Yeah. Because uh, let me tell you, having to argue is like, no, mathematically, this is what it should be. That's well, few, oh, you times. mean for the quarters where they say yeah, this yeah. is what quarters should be? You know, no, it's no, no, funny. No. So what I'm saying oh. is uh, mission 13. Um, if you look at the corners, uh-huh. they give you the measurements. It's like 20 inches and 15 inches so that you have the right uh, diagonal. Okay. okay. Yeah, those, yeah. That was machine from the previous version of yeah. this book. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you'd have to just kind of figure out where it was. Although, yeah. although, yeah, with like Mission 12. Mission 12 is a good example. At least with Mission 12, you're basically drawing, like once you realize that all it is is just you're going from the middle of the table to the corner. Yeah. That's easy. I wish they did more deployment zones just like that 
because yeah. that just it saves so much time to just be okay we've we already have to measure the middle for the center objective so yeah. why not just okay leave that there and that makes it easy well mike i don't know what else to uh to mention at this point i think we've rattled through I mean, a lot of it so far i mean we're, we're early yeah. in this right so there's still yeah. a lot still of play to still have a bunch with it. Of games to play and uh but yeah, i think honestly as much the so the points half of this release are kind of it's a no nothing burger yeah, uh, let's but be the uh, the tournament pack is actually I really like. They there are a lot of good improvements yeah. here. Um, so I think this is a net positive over yeah. the previous version. I have to agree with you, uh, uh, and I think the general the general theme of of chapter approved here is much better than we saw last year, where it was just kind yeah. of a business as usual. Yeah, I, I think I, I, so. I think it's a, a definitely a good upgrade. Now, I will say, I like the fact that now we're going to have more updates this year. It's going to be interesting because we're going to have, we just got our first quarter balance data slate, right, in February. Uh, so that is pretty much going to take us through the next, I think, few months or so. Uh, and then I would say probably summertime is when we'll probably expect the next chapter approved. Uh, which will probably have another round of points balances at that point. And yeah, I think then they'll they have finally, another data slate. Uh, figured out that people are happier. Yeah. Getting more regular updates to our rules balancing purposes is one of the things that uh, their competitors have always done a much better job on. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is you're going out to play with your friends and, you know, you, you have very obvious things that are broken and, you know, no one's going to let you just play with different rules from from just a, a standards basis unless gw comes out and puts the points out and you know i feel for the folks that are playing armies where they've got like one hand behind their back and it's kind of like yeah let's fix that or the you know codexes like space marines at this point i i mean i'm not the biggest space marine fan but i think it's pretty unfair right now that, that they're playing basically with one hand behind their back and you know th that shouldn't be the case like everybody should be hovering somewhere around like a 50 percent win rate and give or take five or five or so percent with how things change and you know what tends to be the hot topic and what isn't i mean i think if everything's written right you don't have armies with like 41 percent win rates and you know 30 something percent win rates at lvo that that's just i feel like that's unacceptable with how much you know how much focus is on the rules and and the standards that they've done so far with ninth edition i feel like they can do better than that so. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I'm, I'm saying that from the standpoint that I don't think Thousand Suns is really in that terrible of a spot. I think Necrons and Space Marines and you know Chaos yeah. Space Marines, you know, well, so armies Chaos that have gotten their armies that have gotten, gotten their codex, right? Yeah. Right. So of those, uh, Space Marines and Necrons were the first. Ninth edition codexes. Yep, and it shows. It does. It does. It absolutely does. Um, they don't deserve to not have a chance in the games, and it feels like right now, if you look at the the top meta armies that are out there, they don't have a chance. I mean, they they were basically grasping for straws with the dreadnought 
the dreadnought builds and yeah. you're basically now at a point where it's kind of like now they really just don't have a lot to play with and i feel like that's just gonna mandate that they come out with like a space marine 2.0 sometime this summer for them yeah um, so i think the problem that they ran into with space marines and necrons as well is especially space marines especially <laughs> is they space marines could be oppressive in the previous edition. Um, and so I think they wound up being a little overly cautious with how they pointed things out for them. Uh, and they just haven't decided to fix it yet. Because like yeah. they, they got all of those new kits and there's a whole bunch of cool stuff and it was all pointed like how I consider Forge World to point stuff to the point where it's like, yeah, you can take this thing, but you would be a fool to do so. <laughs> you know, that's a really, Mike, you, that's a really interesting question. I want, or bring something up to, so what if you took pink 8th edition Marines and you put them up to what is the top meta list right now? Oh, they How do you think they would ass. do? They, would it, they was would it that bad? 100% kick their ass. So let, let me tell you. Um, I, playing 8th edition Thousand Sons into 8th edition Sisters and Jakari was hilariously awesome. I loved it. Because the, the thing is, I, I talked about this a while back. The, uh, the difference you're talking between with... the one wound versus two wound armies yes. is the fact that the difference, so all of the Space Marine equivalent armies did, except for Grey Knights and a little bit of Thousand Suns, did not get more lethal going into Ninth Edition. It became mm -hmm. more durable. So they, because they're more durable, they're more expensive, which means they can bring fewer guns. And so the, the, they had, had the, their offensive ability blunted somewhat. But all of these new one wound armies, Jakari, Sisters of Battle, they stayed the same or got cheaper and became more lethal. And so what we're seeing is this arms race between the durable, in quotation marks, Space mm -hmm. Marine armies versus the like glass cannon style armies. Mm -hmm. And the if you sort of rewind time a bit, make everyone have one wound again, then and give point them appropriately, you'd find that the rules around space brains are actually still pretty great. Um, it's the fact that they can't bring as much stuff to benefit from those rules is where things really fall off for them. Well, I'm I'm looking at stuff like. All right, I'll look from the perspective of what I did play in 8th edition, which was Raven Guard. So what was big in Raven Guard, obviously, were the Eliminators. And That's... I look at what's really good right now, and, and I, I yes, Eliminators did need to get fixed. So, so let's, <laughs> let's, let's be honest here and, and objective about this. But if I were to just say, okay, let's give Eliminators back their line of sight shooting where they could do d3 mortal wounds and their mm -hmm. legion trait could modify it so that it could go on fives you would do d3 mortal wounds let's say that that you're living in a world where now we have a a, a cap on the plus and minuses that you can get for your for your hits um or or you can 
let's say you can cap that for wounds. I don't think you can cap plus and minus wounds right now, but that's beside the point. Sorry. So if I had my eliminators and I'm shooting at stuff right now, let's let's look at the new custodies as a good example. I believe they have a four up field of pain to mortal wounds. Is it is it restricted to the psychic phase? I haven't looked at the new custodies book yet. I I mean, right, I so let's assume let, let's assume we're talking about stuff where it's like they get minus one damage, they get uh, feel no pains left and right. They're they're minus one to hit. They you know all the types of bonuses that you're seeing out there. And I look at something sure, sure. like what the eliminators had at the point, which was I guess too oppressive at the time, where they where Raven card could basically take out your leadership. Your your characters mm-hmm. could literally be taken out. Yes. I'm wondering whether that is still like if I go back and I transplant that army into this edition, whether that would still be as oppressive as it was in in eighth edition. Um, so I I, I, I I give you the credit that like Iron Hands and the two wounds for for Marines and stuff like that, regardless of the fact that most of the the, the primary stuff was already two wounds. Um, yeah. I, I give you that. I, gi- I give you the fact that they they got more durability doing that and, and other stuff wasn't quite as killy at that point. So I would say that the Raven Guard list would suffer into some of the, the new hotness lists. Uh, Jakari, they bring tons of transports and so yep. you'd have to shred the transports before you could even get to the characters. Um, but I think against Anything that foot slogs, Raven Guard would tear it up. Uh, Iron Hands, the the, the, the really the good Iron Hands lists from yeah. Eighth Edition, would just the Brohammer list. Make, yeah. yeah, would make a fool out of almost any of the Jakari lists. They they don't have enough guns to deal with that much armor, and each of those dreadnoughts is going to pop a transport a turn, and the guys inside aren't mm-hmm. equipped to deal with dreadnoughts. Uh, so okay. the Talos would do okay until they didn't. Um, But I think that really what we're looking at here is that we're, uh, like like I said a moment ago, we're we're paying for defensive abilities that just don't work uh, against these cheaper and more killy armies. I mean, the thing, so everything you just described about the, the custodies as an example, Custodies is defensive ability that works all the yeah. time. That that yeah. that's the reason why they do well. Is they don't seem to have gotten any killier. They they still just sort of toddle around the battlefield in their giant golden boy suits, just hitting things with swords and shooting them with bolters. You could almost but, argue that they got less killy because a lot of their stuff is just too damaged now. Yeah. But um the fact that they they have great saves, they get saves versus mortal yep. wounds, which almost no one gets army wide. Um, yeah, and they, and keep is, in mind, keep in mind what custodies get that army wide because that happens to be the shield host that everybody takes. Oh sure, because then they have the ability to take a unit if they need to, I believe, and make that other unit act as a different shield host. So yeah, yeah. You know, they they don't they they can basically start from that standpoint 
shore up their one weakness that they have, which is mortal wounds, and then basically mm-hmm. just say, well, if I need to advance and charge Trajan, well, I use the CP and boom, there we go. I can advance and charge Trajan. Yeah. Um, but that, that's, that's taken defensive upgrades like to their farthest extreme. Mm-hmm. And so that allows it to work. So custodies... The thing about custodians is once they like plant their shiny asses on a on the objective, yeah, you're not you're not getting them off there easy. A miracle to remove them without dedicating a large chunk of your army to it. Yep. Um, And so it's effective. Yep. Um, I I think so. Death Guard, their defensive ability of minus one damage. It, I think that there's a lot of value there because minus one damage works all the time, means you get full use out of your two wounds. Their problem is that they are a largely melee army, or the units people take are melee units that are slower than molasses. And so you just can't push the board. Thousand Suns, our defensive upgrade, got nerfed this edition. And it's less valuable because more things are packing multi-damage wound attacks. So then now we're, we don't really benefit from all this dust as much, but we still pay for it, plus the two wounds. Our shooting is the same as it was in the previous edition. Our psychic powers are largely the same. The, it really just—it it just kind of underscores that what they should have done is just made it a four-up invuln rather than a five. Yeah, I, I think that a four-up invuln like we had back in every edition before seventh would have been. Worth, uh, sorry, before worth, eighth, before worth losing eighth less of it. Yeah, so you lose been, you lose less durability on your armor save, but you get yeah. that invuln, so your ceiling for how much damage you're going to take it becomes a lot exactly. better. Yeah, would have been much more. Yeah. useful for thousands of and then and then yeah. you could have just done away with a spell like weaver of fates and just said okay we don't even need this yeah. anymore and just just do away with it and replace it with something else yeah um that would i think would have put us in a better place um and then marines marines got nothing they, yeah. they i think they actually got nerfed with the new codex they got all the like i said all these well, cool new toys and none of them are good but to be fair, I mean, like we, we like we were talking about transplanting those to ninth edition now. A oh, lot yeah. of their, a lot of what they had, st- they were already at a point where they were, they were way ahead of the curve. And those oh, yeah. those books they released what like three or four years ago now, exactly, were a very obvious preview of ninth edition. Yeah, now, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't understand how they got here. I'm just saying that at where we are, right, February of 2022. The they just don't they can't compete in yeah. any meaningful way in a competitive sense. Yeah, not to say that I still don't fear Black Templars playing Thousand Suns, but <laughs> yeah, but Black Templars are not they're not Codex Space Marines. They are black. Yeah. They're Codex Black Templars now. So that yeah. is it's not an apples to apples comparison anymore. Like you can't say like okay, Black Templars are good, but Imperial Fists. Well, that's the thing. Black Shouldn't Templars be, are, yeah. are good into like a, a specific subset of armies. Like it's ours. Just, yeah, I mean. Like ours. Yeah. 
Um, that, that honestly, I like that the Black Templars you trade effectiveness versus one thing for yep. just the ability to curb stomp some uh, psyker. Yep. But yep, no, but, I uh, agree. I agree. I agree. I think that I. I don't think Black Templars are broken, uh, and I haven't no. seen anything to suggest they are. I think they're they're actually pretty well designed. Uh, yeah, they're almost like the Marine version of Custodes in a way. Actually, the the ironic thing was I I happened to be going back and just it, it's been so long since I looked at Space Marine rules that I started looking back through Minotaurs and <laughs> some of the some of the updates that they made in the Forge World book that came out. And what's really funny is when you compare the rules that were on some of the models, like Asturian Moloch. Here's what's really interesting. So in the fluff, Asteria Moloch, the, the, the theory or the rumor is, is that the chapter master, which he is of the, uh, the Minotaurs, it, he's actually a custody, uh, but Asteria Moloch is like a, um, a persona that they take on and that when he dies, another custodian is appointed and takes over as chapter master for the Legion. Uh, and when you actually look at his rules, what's really interesting is he has a two-up armor save. He has a four-up uh, four, four invulnerable. He has a four-up feel no pain to mortal wounds in the psychic phase. Uh, and then you look at his uh, his spear and everything else that he has. It's like he he has rules that are like identical to a custody. And it's been there in our face for like all this time. And then you can actually look at custodies and say, hey, there's their rules they're right there so anyways i just i found it kind of interesting um good little exercise to think about the ninth the eighth edition armies and how they're working certainly but yeah i'm sure you're pretty excited it sounds like you ordered your uh your chaos craft worlds box i'm sure you're really excited about that craft worlds box and finally getting those plastic models that you've been i mean plastic waiting for for years and a new autark model that's fucking that's freaking oh, awesome yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do the spiky boys, but I'm sure they'll find out. Find well, out. you get a you get a new warp smith and then another forge fiend, right? Like, what? Do you, who doesn't want another forge fiend, right? Hey, another put me at three. <laughs> That's not enough. It doesn't stop at three. You have other <laughs> legions, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention, you have Mauler fiends you can build out of it too. So stopping at three is uh, it's not stopping there. Yeah, I mean, I could always uh, convert these boys over to my old uh, Wood Legion. Oh, there oh, you go. Yeah, yeah, actually, project. that's you could do that with the Chosen, maybe. Yeah. Do something like that. That would be pretty cool. Although, I guess the Chosen now have rules where they only get, like, fixed weapon loadouts or something like that. I, I don't know. It might be this specific box of Chosen. I yeah. Know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right, because the Chosen have one wound in there. I don't yeah. think that that is reflective of what you're going to see in the codex. I think it's just they're not ready to start giving Chaos Space Marines two wound models yet. They're going to wait till the codex. You just got to wait and, you know, be patient. It's coming. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, we've seen leaks for it, right? Like, uh, I think there was a couple of items from the uh, community site that like might have been this but who knows yeah yeah there there's been a whole bunch of rumors i heard uh when i was at lvo or not sorry not lvo when i was at um austin early uh earlier last year or later last year i guess uh 
I was hearing rumors that uh, November of mm-hmm. this year is when Chaos Space Marines would come out. If that's the case, I feel so bad for Chaos Space Marine players. That is just, it's brutal. Um, I mean, looking at the armies, who hasn't received the codex yet? Demons, so, Chaos Space Marines, yep, knights. Chaos Knights. Yep. Yep. So they'll release, they'll probably release Imperial Knights and Chaos Knights at the same time. And the rumor is that Chaos Knights are going to get an actual chaos. They're going to come out with a chaos version of the, um, uh, the tyrant, a proper chaos tyrant. Um, but they'll probably release those two at about the same time because they might as well at this point. Um, -hmm. so yeah, you have chaos demons, chaos space Marines, the rumor is that world eaters are going to get their codex and that seems to be pretty substantial at this point. Um, and that's sounding like that's coming as early as this spring uh, or even this summer. Um, and that would be really, really cool. Uh, they have, a yeah. lot, there's a lot of, lot of possibilities there like Angron potentially um, oh, Zerkers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Angron would be amazing. You know, <laughs> I, I was kind of hope, as much as I, I hate the loyalist Primarchs for the most part, um, I, I kind of was thinking they'd release another one before they released a new Chaos Primarch. It feels like it, though, right? It feels like it's time for another Primarch, in my opinion. Like It yeah. just kind of feels like it's been too long since Gilliman came out. It's time for another one. Yeah. So, at least I think Gilliman came before... So Magnus came. Wait, first. it was Magnus was first. I yeah, think Gilliman, Gilliman came, came next. out gathering storm, and then Mortarian, and then yeah. Mortarian came out after Dreadful Plague War. Yeah. So it definitely. I don't care if it's a. I think people are assuming that it means that we have to have another loyalist Primarch before they release another one, just because they alternated that way. I don't think that's the case. Um, and no, if anything, like GW has shown, like this, this whole release cycle like they are definitely all for you know just not doing things as norm i mean death guard and thousand sons have now gotten their codexes before that uh before chaos space marines have and if you had come into the edition everybody and their mother would have said no chaos space marines will get theirs first because that sets all the core models up for you know the shared stuff that chaos uh that thousand sons and death guard share like the demon engines and things but they didn't and that shows that they don't have to. So it doesn't mean they have to come out with a, you know, loyalist Primarch. They could come out with Angron. And that's what the rumors are right now. I mean, the rumors are also that Fulgrim is apparently all modeled up and he's somewhere in their, in their backlog of stuff ready to release. But, you know, we haven't, uh, <laughs> we haven't seen anything since then. So, and that yeah. was like four, four years ago or so that we saw that Fulgrim had been modeled up. So. I think it would be pretty cool. I think world leaders would make a really good codex and I, and I hope eventually they would roll out emperor's children as a codex as well. I think that would be really cool. If it's this edition and they do both of them, I mean, that would be amazing, but yeah, I, th- I think they'll pace yeah. themselves. Yeah. I mean, if they're not going to fold in thousand sons of death garden of the codex, then they should at least fold the, those two out of yes. the, core codex yep yep i agree i agree although it would be very very cool to have uh angron back i mean they've 
tried a few times in the lore, I think. What was it? Armageddon or yeah, something Armageddon, like that? Yeah, he, he showed up for yep. the and just wrecked shop until the Grey Knights <laughs> came and ruined his fun. But they tried again, didn't they? I think it was something. I think it was on Armageddon again or a couple other places. They uh, tried. I, I want to say it was in one of the recent books. They tried to bring Angron. They t- tried to summon Angron back again, and uh, it, it got shut down. So yeah. it got denied. No, no Angron party for you. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> the world needs more Angron, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But they have so much possibility there. I mean, you got you got raptors, you got warp talons. They could, I mean, they could do so much cool stuff. They could even give them mutil. Like we know that mutilators now apparently are not going to be, um, not going to be in the Chaos Space Marine book. Really? That's the rumor. That's the rumor. Hmm. So if mutilators aren't going to get redone, they feel it feels like mutilators belong in World Eaters of all the lead, of all of them. So sure. They would fit um, into a, a nice elite slot there, and then you have the uh, the the red butchers that that they could just release a Terminator set just like they did with Death Guard and Thousand Suns, just port over a proper squad of plastic Terminators for them. Yeah, I don't know. I always uh, thought mutilators are really good. Uh, iron uh, Iron Warriors. Or whatever they yeah, be. yeah, because of the flesh, the the flesh metal virus or whatever. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. But, that makes sense for them. I mean, as much as I'll be sad to see them go, I don't think any one of me actually like them. They're still, I mean, even today and even now for the points, they're still sneaky good for what. Oh they yeah, do. if you can get them. I mean, even in like what night lords, night lords would be amazing. You bring them in, and you got three d six charge. I think yeah. I, uh, I think that might be limited to Raptors. It's been a while since I've looked at the book, but it would be really cool mm-hmm. if you could pull that off. But anyways, yeah. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's really cool ways you could get mutilators into combat easily. And mm-hmm. as Terminators, what do they have? A two up, five up? I think. Yeah, they've got a two up, five up. They are they T five? They are T four. Um, but you can give them the various arcs to get various benefits. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I have. It seems like you thoughts. had good success with them. So. Oh yeah, no, I had a great time with them at uh, pretty much everywhere I took them. Yeah. Um, it's just they're they were always a little swingy, but now there's the the um, master of possession, and so or whatever mm-hmm. he's called the. the Black Legion guy is called. I don't remember. It's, it's oh, uh, World Claimer. No. no, not World Claimer. Um, he's the fiery psychic guy. He's yeah, not the master of possession. The master of yeah. possession. Yeah, the demon guy. The demon guy. Yes. Yeah, and he busts demon that powers. One. Yep. But um, yeah, and I think we've started the ramble here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I think we're. Uh, I think we're off the rails. I will say. Uh, one thing that is coming up here soon, uh, if you guys are interested, uh, Clutch City is coming up. We are actually a sponsor of the tournament. Uh, yeah, we, go us. We've just, go us, yes. Uh, we're sponsoring the trophy, the Thousand Suns Best in Faction trophy for the event. Uh, so we're hoping some folks come out, play Thousand Suns, and uh, win that trophy. 
Uh, it is taking place in Houston. It is coming up in March. Uh, I am actually in the process of working on a bunch of terrain for it as well. So uh, I hope you guys uh, have a chance to get out there, look it up. Um, I'm going to try and have Colin McDade on, who is uh, kind of one of the big uh, uh, event organizers for it, and uh, have him talk a little bit about the event, and maybe talk a little bit about how he did at LVO, which was pretty good. Uh, and uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember what else uh, I needed to mention here. Oh, yeah. Magnus, despite his profile being all wrong for this edition, he, it doesn't mean that he's doing something wrong. Hey, he, he's not responsible for that. Games Workshop is. They are. We hope that you fix his profile. And every, I think we need to dedicate every episode for this year to, to mentioning that Games Workshop needs to fix Magnus the Red's profile. In this edition, and we will not stop until it's done. We demand a better profile for Magnus the Red. If they can make the Avatar of Kane viable, they can make Magnus the Red viable. You're damn right. You're damn right. I don't know what it is. Just fix it. All right? I can tell you everything that's wrong about it. Just fix it. Yep. All right. With that, I think that's a great great place for us to stop today.